1: s dj nation what is up what is happening we are back again for another week we are on to week 11 we've already had a little bit of craziness with the bills game that looked like it was going to be a snow game which i'm not gonna lie i was kind of excited about just because you know those games you don't see that very often but you know with a projected six feet of snow that they could possibly get it probably made sense for them to move it so now that game has been moved to a dome to detroit so that is going to to kind of flip this slate on its head because it was starting to look like you could pretty much fade that buffalo game now it is one of the better games on the entire slate for this weekend uh right now in terms of just vegas totals we have the bills that are tied or actually have the highest implied point total now on the on the slate at 20 uh, 20.25 20. and then you have the the ravens and then the falcons i don't understand and then you have the the eagles who are at 26 the cowboys are at 24.5 and then the Giants. Coming in at twenty-four here in that, that week's or in that game. So, Maddie, how are you feeling about this slate overall before we just get into the positions?
2: So something that I'm um as just kind of keeps popping into my head as I look at, you know, the the games and the players we have to build our teams with. Is there anybody on the slate that you look at and you just you just go? that guy can post a score that you absolutely have to have or else you are you are absolutely toast is there anybody on this slate that 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 checks that box for you like for example you know last week we talked about Tyree kill even though he was 9100 we said you know this is a spot he could score 45 to 50 and bury you like is there a guy that you know you just have that that expectation for this week? I mean, I think there's players that could
1: potentially do it. I mean, Justin Jefferson, I think definitely can. Uh, okay. I don't, I, he, there's no defense. I know, I know the the Cowboys, uh, you know, are what, like fourth. Yeah, they're fourth in pass DVOA on the year. They're a really good pass defense, yeah. but he's just unreal. Yeah. And the, the, the volume that he's seeing, you know, 20, 29 targets over those last two games as well. Um, I, I think he's somebody, but like, I, I don't view him though as like, oh, you have to have this guy. Cause I think you have Devonte Adams who can do the same and Stefan Diggs who, who, who can do some of the same things as well, but there's nobody that stands out. That's just like just an absolute must have in my opinion.
2: I tend to agree. And so when we talk about a lot of these guys, there's going to be some guys that we typically, you know, will cross off our lists on some of these slates that we've had this year. And we look at them this year, this week. And we're like, you know, I'd be totally okay. If this guy got me 20 to 25. Um, you know, usually we say, let's chase the 30 to 35, 40 point upside. I just don't know that there's, you know, more than one or two guys on the slate that can get you there. And even those guys, like you said, even those guys are not even in the best matchups to do it. So, um, I mean, you got Devonte Adams, he can absolutely score 30, but he's playing Denver in Denver. Um, you know, Jefferson playing Dallas. So there's a uh, definitely... Definitely some high upside guys are just in tough matchups like AJ Brown is against Indy, a lot of the the league's lowest production of wide receivers. So all that being said, before we kick this off at the quarterback position, I just think it's a slate where you should combine a floor and ceiling combo as opposed to just looking at ceiling uh, this week, because, you know, I just don't, again, I just don't know that there's going to be guys, you know, that end up burying you. And, and, you know, it, the guy that goes off may end up being like a Christian Watson. Like wh- last week's slate, uh, he, he was one of only like two guys to score in the thirties and uh, the the rest of the rosters were in the 25 ish range. And I just think that, you know, if you shoot for guys that are going to score 25, I think that's a great way to build rosters. And you may not win a tournament this week, but with how ugly it is and how little value it is, you'll definitely, you know, have a chance. So that's the, the kind of mindset and approach that I'm going to take uh, this week, as opposed to, you know, getting absolutely crazy and trying to stack up a low 41 total game cuz we only have like 3 or 4 games that are over a 44 45 total so um i'm going to you know once again it feels similar to last week's slate i'm just going to focus on those high total games uh to have my quarterback come from and there's really only two qbs that i like this week one being Justin Fields uh in Atlanta as a underdog they're they're actually Atlanta's actually favored in that game by 3 points so um, while it's a great spot for, for David Montgomery to run the ball, uh, with Khalil Herbert on IR, uh, the bears possibly could be trailing. And I think a, a reason that this, the the Falcons are favored is because of how good the Falcons are at running the football and the bears, you know, since they made those trades, you know, Roquan Smith is gone. And, um, I don't remember the other, the other key defensive guy that they traded away, but, ever since they made those trades um, they've been giving up an insane amount of points and Atlanta's actually been able to put up points this year. So uh, I definitely, you know, from a fantasy perspective, I wouldn't trust a ton of these Atlanta guys because they can get weird with how their points are scored. So it could be, you know, a spot where Atlanta scores 30 points, but none of their guys score 20 plus from a fantasy perspective, you know, because London can catch a touchdown, but only go for 30 yards and Pitt, Pitts pits can do the same and, Cordero Patterson can score twice, but only rush for 40 yards because they're, you know, they've got three or four running backs that are involved on a regular basis. Um, so all that to say is I I really like Fields again this week. He's priced up now at 7600, but um, I just think that his involvement of in the offense and with uh, with Khalil Herbert being on IR, it's the entire offense is going to all the points. You could honestly play Fields and Montgomery together and get every single touchdown that that the Bears score. So I, I think that that's an interesting way to go, and assuming that the Bears can put up 30-plus points again against a really bad Atlanta defense, um, I think that's a very interesting way to, to approach the slate. Um, and then the other QB at, that I have heavy interest in is 2K cheaper than Fields, and that's Daniel Jones. Uh, the Detroit Lions uh, play a ton of man coverage, and if you scroll through game logs this year against mobile QBs, they've gotten abs- absolutely torched on the ground by mobile QBs. Uh, you know, Geno Smith shredded them. Uh, it's really been every, every uh mobile quarterback that they've played uh has, you know, had a ton of rushing production against them. And like I said, it's because they play a ton of man coverage. And when defenses get in man coverage, the corners tend to turn their backs and chase the receivers down the field. And when it turns into a scramble drill, you know, there's no linebackers and, and corners there to, to be ready to defend the quarterback. So the quarterbacks usually have a ton of room to, to scramble around. So Daniel Jones says he definitely has the, the ability to run for a hundred yards here. Um, and they're at home, they're favored. And it's a, it's one of those totals that's in the 45 range, which if we think about, you know, all the games that are in that range, those games are typically to Like they have the total that at that spot because they could blow up, um, but they're not, you know, as sure to blow up as, as a Chicago Atlanta. So they're not going to be at the 50, 50 mark, but, Detroit, New York, That I mean, I, they absolutely could score, you know, a total of 55 to 60 points. It wouldn't shock me at all. Um, so I really like Daniel Jones, and I really like Justin Fields, and that's where I'm going at QB this week. Okay. Uh, uh, you know, I don't mind it. The only thing that worries me with
1: Daniel Jones is they just
2: don't throw the ball very
1: much. Um, you know, I, I mean, he has a few games here, but, I mean, he has really only two games over 30 – or three games – excuse me, three games with over 30 pass attempts. On the season. Uh they're a team. If they can, they will uh, like last week where, where he only had through for 17 times. It's gonna depend on, you know, can Jared Goff away from home outside of the dome, can he, you know, uh, you know, make this yep. team have to, you know, throw the ball a lot. And so if if that that you know that doesn't worry me a little bit, he's fifty-seven hundred. You know who I like is Russell Wilson. Like this Raiders team, you want to talk about a bad defense? The Raiders team is Terrible, like it's not even close to terrible. It's it's beyond terrible at this point. They have just been eviscerated by opposing quarterbacks this year, and they allow QB one weeks after QB one weeks after QB one weeks. And it's no surprise that Russell Wilson's best game of the year was against this defense. He's only fifty eight hundred dollars. Yes, they're probably not going to have Jerry Judy, but I still think with Cortland Sutton and Greg Dulcich, uh, I still think that you know it could be a point of uh, where he can get you know get things going. Uh, all through the air. Like I said, his best game of the year was against the Raiders week four, where he had th- uh, put up 27 in that game. And so I think Russell Wilson is kind of a sneaky play here against a really bad Raiders defense. And so I, I don't mind.
2: I, I like it in, in large field tournaments just because of how bad the Broncos have been. Um, and I I definitely do have interest in, in the Broncos pass catchers. I just, me personally, I don't know that I'll get to a full-blown Broncos stack. Um, but yeah, in large field tournaments, I think that that makes a ton of sense. And the, the runback is so easy, right? Because Jacobs and Devonte Adams, they account for what 50 to 60% of the whole Raiders production this year. So it's like your runback is so easy and that's a game that nobody's going to stack because of how low the, low the total is. But you're right. I mean, if, if Denver can be efficient, um, I, I like that call a lot. I'll probably personally just end up playing one of Sutton or Dulc- Dulcich without Russ, but Absolutely, am am one hundred percent on board with that. Uh, And then I think some of
1: the other options here, you know, you know, not mentioning you know Josh Allen, but I think Lamar Jackson's in a really good spot at home against Carolina. Carolina's defense has not been very good this year. Uh, Obviously, you know, I think like him and Justin Fields have kind of turned into very similar assets, where these guys are going to run the ball, you know, eight eight to twelve times at a game. You know, they you know he also has you know the ability to get you a hundred yards rushing. much like Justin Fields does. And I think it's a good matchup for them. And it looks like Mark Andrews is going to be back for this game. So that is very encouraging uh, for him. And I think his um, usage, and I think if you, I mean, if you want to play him naked, you can, but he's obviously, uh, you know, almost a thousand dollars more than Justin Fields is. Uh, He's 8,400. But I do think, feel like this is a game that, you know, you could see them uh, that that would be really good to use him. And then, um, you know I think some other uh, options is because you know we had so many injuries this week and with you know like Safford would have been interesting I think at his price but no no Cooper Cup and so Cooper Cup is out in that game so that that kind of makes me not really you know love him. to me, I, I think it really comes down to a couple of things uh, here. For me, like I said, I, I like Russell Wilson. And if, I think if you also want to get different, I think Joe Burrow at $6,800 against Pittsburgh. They're also going to be without Mika Fitzpatrick, which is a big blow to that secondary that they have. That's already not a good, very good defense that really struggles to uh, stop posing wide receivers and quarterbacks. They still won't have Jamar Chase, but they still have plenty with T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd and Hayden Hurst in that game. So Joe Burrow is only $6,800. It still feels too cheap for a the kind of upside that he possesses. I mean, he's somebody that can put up you know, 35, 40 points in a game uh, or, or DK points. And then I think Dak Prescott here, the, we kind of talked about it a little bit, but this Dallas-Minnesota game I think is uh, going to go overlooked because I think people are going to maybe get some pieces from this game. But I think this game actually has the potential to go nuclear. I know Dallas's defense has been uh, pretty good, like we kind of talked about with Justin Jefferson. You know, their, their defense has been really good. But I also feel like Dallas hasn't played a lot of high-powered, like, really good offenses either. You know, they're kind of in some of these other, you know, with the NFC East, uh, you know, really, you know, playing play against them. I mean, there's nobody there. I mean, if you look at their schedule, it's not anything daunting of, of teams that they've really had to face. So this could be one of the best offenses they, they have seen this year. And so I, I'm not saying that I think Dallas defense is, like, terrible or not, like over, like, highly overrated. But I also don't think they've really seen an offense this, uh, like this, right? Because uh, if you look, I mean, they, they yes, they played the Bengals, but the Bengals were, uh, were struggling at that time. Their offense was not playing very well. They played the Giants, the Commanders, the Rams, whose offense has been god-awful. They lost 26-17 to the Cow- or to the Eagles. Then they played the Lions, the Bears. You know, the Packers put up 31 on them. I mean, so they just haven't played any defense. And so I'm not going to shy away from playing Kirk Cousins you know, at his at, at only sixty one hundred dollars, uh, you know you, you can stack up with Justin Jefferson if you want to. You know, throw T.J. Hawkinson in there, maybe you do something with Adam Thielen. Then I think you can run it back with somebody like C.D. Lamb, who has been seeing a lot of usage in his in this offense. Fifteen targets last week, or I think you can go with Dalton Schultz. I think is also uh, he who's seeing almost a thirty percent target share. You know, in, in the offense as well, and he's only forty three hundred dollars. So I think there's a lot of pieces in this game we can get to. And I just think this game is going to go a little bit overlooked and everybody's going to want to play the Buffalo game. And, or, uh, I, I do think the, uh, the Chicago Atlanta game, people are going to want interest in that as well. You know, it, I don't know if people are going to be fully game stacking that game, but I think definitely people are going to get pieces from it. And so I just think Dallas and, uh, Minnesota is going to go overlooked.
2: Yeah. I don't, I don't mind Dallas, Minnesota either. Um, it's also worth noting that, uh, DeMarcus Lawrence, uh, He's apparently playing with some sort of fracture in his foot, and he's got a knee injury as well. So they said he's going to play, but he's definitely going to be playing through an injury. Uh, and that's, you know, Dallas is a big reason that the Dallas defense has been lights out this year is because of the the pressure they've been getting on the quarterback between Lawrence and Michael Parsons. So, um, you know, an issue, a reason Dallas defense struggled last week against Green Bay is, uh, they couldn't stop the run, so I mean, I definitely think Dalvin could, you know, get rolling here again, uh, which is something we can talk about at running backs. But, um, I definitely think that there's points to be scored. I guess is is the point, um, trying to get across is uh that I do think Minnesota can can score a little bit on on Dallas. I just don't know if it's going to go all through Justin Jefferson if they do. So, um, yeah, I like that game as well. I think other than that, you know, the quarterback options here.
1: You know, I, I don't know, maybe I'll be interested to see if Marcus Mariota gains any, uh, any, any any people want to play him at 5500 especially with that implied point total. But I just can't do it. Like he, even on the ground, like he's been okay. Like he's gets like 30, 40, maybe 50 rushing yards, you know, in a game. I think that's the most, no, the most he's had was 72 and that was all the way back in week one. But other than that, uh, he's, he's not running a ton. Um, as much as you would think with him, but they are just running the ball at such a high pace. He doesn't throw the ball very much, but he is only 5,500. I personally won't have any interest in him, but um, I just, he's 5,500 there. Past that, like, you know, I I just don't think there's anybody that really stands out to me. So so to me, I think my favorite quarterback options this week are going to be Lamar Jackson and then, uh, Kirk Cousins, Russell Wilson, I think are going to be the three guys that really stand out to me that, you know, if I want to get a little bit different here. Oh, and Joe Burrow, I didn't include him. The four guys that I really want to play this week quarterback.
2: Yeah, I'm good with that.
1: And I don't say that to say that, like, I obviously, Justin or Justin Fields is 100% in play, $7,600. Yeah. But I think even at his price, he is going to be highly owed. I think people are going to still play him. He's still much cheaper. He's still cheaper than Josh Allen. He's still cheaper than Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think his price uh, reflects. He should be up there. He, he should be in the AK range. Oh, I bundle. yeah, one
2: hundred percent agree. I mean, he's running the ball thirteen to fifteen times a game over his last five. Like, it's so he's he's a he's a he's a top end running back that's playing quarterback position. And so he's getting you know he's got at least eighty rush yards in his, four of his last five. Um, two of those he's gotten a hundred yard rush bonus, and he's have he's, has rushing touchdowns. So you're essentially before you even factor in any quarterback stats, you're getting 15 plus DK points out of Justin Fields on the ground. If he scores, if he scores a rushing touchdown. So it's like, okay, well then he only needs to, you know, only needs to throw for 150 and a score. uh, And that's, you know, that's another, that's another 10 points right there. And all of a sudden you're at 25. Uh, And so then, you know, it's okay. Well, what if he throws for two, 202? Okay. Now all of a sudden you're, you're at 30 plus. So it's it's and against Atlanta, I just I don't think Atlanta is going to be the team that that eventually stops him. So, um, yeah, I think on this slate with the uncertainty and the the lack of value that we have, like there's maybe one or two guys that are below four K that are not tight ends that are even remotely considerable. Um, for me at least, I just you know I think taking you know those twenty five points. Uh, quarterback this week and then with a guy that could score 45 still. I, I think that, you know, for somebody like me that plays one roster, I think I'm just going to play fields and, and be different. And, you know, like I said, and, and this could be a good segue to running back if, um you know, if, if you're done with QB, but I don't know how many people are going to play fields with Montgomery together. Nobody. Yeah. So it's, it's like, I get all, the, I get all the touchdowns for Chicago if I play them together and they've scored Over their last five games, they've scored 30, 32, 29, and 33. It's the last four games. So, essentially, you know, I'm banking on the highest total game of the week getting there, and I get all the touchdown production from, you know, Fields passing or rushing and Montgomery rushing because Khalil Herbert's out. I don't think Ebner's going to step into a big role. I think Montgomery gets 20-plus touches here. Um, So – I really like the idea on a slate where there's, you know, limited value. Just plugging in fields and, and Montgomery together, and just saying, okay, I'm just going to get 30 plus points, like real team points from Chicago, and I get every touchdown that comes from that um, between those two guys. So I think that's an interesting way to, to go uh, on this slate. And you know, if one of them completely breaks the slate, and the other doesn't, um, you know, you still have that one guy on your team that that went absolutely nuclear like if Montgomery were to score three touchdowns and Fields doesn't score at all is is definitely viable um you know I don't I don't know what the ownership looks like yet on on Montgomery he's he's gonna be semi-popular but you know you you would still have that that score on your team and and I just don't see Fields you know not doing anything at all so I like the idea of playing them both together
1: all right, so let's dig a little bit more into the running back. So you have Saquon Barkley who's at the top of the list, eighty nine hundred, and, and once again an elite matchup against Detroit. Uh, you know he played last week against the uh, against the Texans, who are the worst run defense in the league, and the uh, now you have the, the Lions, who are right there, not far off of them, just another terrible run defense uh, on the year. Um, and so he's $8,900. Then you have Nick Chubb, who's $8,200. Dalvin Cook, who's $8K. And then you have Jonathan Taylor, who's still too cheap at $7,800. Uh, Alvin Kamara at $7,600. And Josh Jacobs, $7,500. Joe Mixon, $7,400. Miles Sanders is $69. And then the rest of the 6K range is Ramondre Stevenson, Damian Pierce, Tony Pollard, Cordell Patterson, Dave Montgomery at 61 DeAndre Swift, Jamal Williams, and then uh, possibly Zeke Elliott at 6 k Kind of wraps out the group. Um, I'm going to go right back to the Jonathan Taylor well uh, he may be a lot more popular this week but you know he was somebody that I talked about last week that I really wanted to play that he was not going to carry the ownership he was too cheap and a great matchup against the Raiders and he uh, came through with 27 best game of the year and very similar uh, to last week this is a uh, uh, Eagles defense that really struggles to stop posing running backs that is where that they have uh, had problems they are very good against the pass but against the run they've really struggled which is probably why they signed in Dominican Sue today uh, because uh, to Mm -hmm. help with that run defense, but uh, the Eagles allow the 12th most uh, DK points to the position. They've allowed the 15th most rushing touchdowns and ninth most uh, rushing or the ninth most 15th most receiving or rushing yards, excuse me, ninth ninth most rushing yards and they are 28th in rush DVOA. So it is a very good matchup for Jonathan Taylor who played 95% of the snaps last week. Uh, I saw 22 carries at two targets. He also, Uh, ran a route on 75% of dropbacks in that game, and he had 163 yards and a score, and so I just think Jonathan Taylor is in an elite spot this week, again, uh, against the Eagles. Uh, They are at home as well, so I think he is 100% in play for uh, a running back, and you know, I think that Tony Pollard, I still like Tony Pollard. I don't really care if Zeke Elliott plays. Like, we kind of talked about that last week, Mm -hmm. right? And, you know, he didn't get it rolled out. Like, it doesn't matter to me that uh if Zeke plays or not because he's you know I know last week he had 22 carries but for the most part you know the week before that we saw you know he only had 14 carries like he's not a player who needs you know this heavy workload to be able to get you there so he's only $6,500 it's a pretty good matchup against Minnesota if you're wanting to stack this game up like we talked about I think he he could definitely be included in a stack uh and so I think Tony Pollard at 6,500 is somebody that I also like up here in this range
2: yeah, and I will just add on uh Ramondre Stevenson, who's essentially taken over the lead back role for for New England. Uh he's got mm, twenty one targets in his last three games, and one of those games was a twenty six to three victory over uh Indianapolis. So uh where he, you know, still had what was it, eight? Yes, he still had seven targets in a the game, they won by twenty uh, twenty-three points and won the entire time. So he's he's become a, a main factor in their passing game, uh, and and definitely has one of the better floor ceiling combos this week. I mean, maybe he's not one of the higher ceiling guys on the slate, like he's not gonna hit 40 like Saquon can, but you're definitely getting a, a 2K discount uh for the floor that that Stevenson brings. And uh wouldn't be surprised if he ends up with 25 again, like he's uh scored 16 21 24 25 22 in his in his last five games it's very solid for a guy that's you know been splitting work with with Harris but has essentially taken over the lead role there so it's uh it's become a year where you know there's not many lead backs other than Saquon and Derrick Henry that are just outright taking the entire share of their backfield so you know it's okay playing some of these guys that are you know getting the majority of the split but are still in a split so I think Ramondre is a great play at 6,700. Even if he doesn't score, I mean, I think he's going to still catch five or six passes. I already mentioned David Montgomery. That's probably the cheapest I'll go. Um, Unless we get clarity on the Baltimore situation, if Gus Edwards were to miss, $5,900 Kenyon Drake is definitely in play. The Washington guys are interesting, but I think they're more of a split than what I want to get exposure to on this slate. Uh, th- they just smashed Philly and Philly has been a great, great matchup for running backs all year. Uh, the the Washington running backs ha- did a great job against Philly and now they get an even better matchup against Houston. So they're definitely in consideration. I don't know that I'm going to end up there, but I mean, $5,300 for Brian Robinson jr. Who could absolutely fall into the end zone twice uh, is definitely something to to consider uh, on a slate that has no value. So he's interesting. Um, And then of course, all the high price guys, I like, if we're paying all the way up, Barkley is the obvious one. Um, but I, like I mentioned, Dalvin Cook against a Dallas team that that literally literally cannot stop the run right now. Just give up 200 yards rushing to Green Bay. Uh, the ghost of AJ Dillon and and uh, Aaron Jones combined for for 200 yards. And then Jonathan Taylor, we just mentioned Washington just obliterated Philly on the ground, and Philly can't stop the run. They've been one of the worst run defenses in the NFL this year. Uh, Jonathan Taylor playing in a in a refound smash mouth offense uh under jeff saturday with the surprise start of of matt ryan last week out of out of thin air so uh which is better for the offense i think and better for jonathan taylor as well ellinger doesn't like to dump it off the running backs much but matt ryan definitely will so uh, i think i think taylor has a great floor ceiling combo here as well so i think
1: a few other uh, cheaper options here at running back one i i do agree with you obviously the 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 Washington situation is about as good as you can ask for against opposing running backs because, uh, like I said, Houston is just terrible. They're 31st in rushing BYU. They, they allow the most rushing yards. And over their last three games, they were allowing 218 rushing yards per game over the last three games they played. And so they're just uh, dreadful. And if I, I think if you look at them right now, I think this favors Brian Robinson in terms of what game script could be. Because if, if the Washington football or the commanders are able to kind of build a lead here, it's going to be Brian Robinson. We saw him last week. He had 26 carries in that game um, against the uh, Eagles. He played 51% of the snaps uh, in that game. But he was he's he, the thing with Brian Robinson, though, is he's just been terrible. Like efficiency wise, he is horrific. 46 yards created per touch. He just hasn't been very good at all. Um, or excuse me, 52nd yards created per touch and 47th in breakaway run rate, which is carries of 10 plus yards. So I think he only has like two. He's not involved in the passing game whatsoever. He literally has seven receiving yards in the season. He's averaging 0.7 targets per game. He's just a non-factor there. So despite, you know, he had 26 carries last week, but only 86 rushing yards, right? So, but he is only $5,300 and it, it is an even better matchup against one of the worst run defenses in the league. So it does make some sense where you see Antonio Gibson mix in He's been more of the pass catching threat here in this backfield. Uh, you know, seeing almost four and a half targets per game. J.D. McKissick has been out. He doesn't look like. He's going to practice air play again this week. So, I mean, if if this game were to stay close, then I think it makes uh, maybe a little bit better for Antonio Gibson here. Um, so, I do think both of them are interesting options. Uh, but Brian Robinson, you know, t- depending on game script, could end up being the better play, and he's the cheaper option. I think uh, another situation that's very similar to that one is this Atlanta situation because you have Tyler Algier, who is really cheap. He's only $4,900. I don't know why he's priced down the way that he is because if you just look at the way things have turned out for them, they, they've pretty much been splitting between him and Cordell Patterson. Uh, last week, uh, Tyler Algier played 45% of the snap, which is more than what Cordell Patterson played. Cordell Patterson played 38% of the snaps. Uh, he saw nine carries, and he ran around on 27, uh, 27% of dropbacks last week. Uh, can you compare that to Cordell Patterson, who who only played thirty eight percent of the snaps, um, and and he also had nine carries. Chicago was dreadful against the run as well. Twenty six in rush DVOA, they allow the fourth most DK points to the position. They have, they've also allowed the fifth most rushing yards and the second most rushing touchdowns. So uh, I think that is also a spot. And if I had to choose, I think I would probably go Tyler Algier here uh, in this game. Uh, you know, as a, as the cheaper option, because like I said, he played more snaps than what uh, Cordell Patterson did. And Cordell Patterson is not even being used in the passing game. I don't know why, but he's not. Uh, he only has, he's only averaging one and a half targets per game. And he only has 39 receiving yards on the season. And so again, he is a non-factor in the passing game. And so Tyler Algier is actually seeing more opportunities in the passing. And He saw three targets at three receptions last week. Uh, so I think Tyler Algier is really cheap and I think in a great elite matchup here, so I do think Cordell Patterson or excuse me, Tyler Algier, if you want to get even cheaper at 4,900, I think this is a real opportunity to play somebody that is below the 5K range uh, that that can definitely pay off because he doesn't have to do a ton. I mean, if he gets you know 70 yards and a score, you're probably pretty happy with it. Maybe a couple of receptions, you're probably pretty happy with it at the price that he is. And there's no like to me like at the running back position this week, I think is, is kind of gross because there's not a lot of just like stand out like okay, this guy's an absolute smash pot. Like you have Saquon up top. 100%, Right, uh, Dalvin Cook could possibly get there. Love Jonathan Taylor, but then Alvin Kamara against the Rams. I don't really know if I want to do that. Uh, Josh Jacobs against the Denver defense. Don't know if I really want to mess around with that. Joe Mixon, obviously, you know, he's a week removed from that monster game that he had against Pittsburgh. But Pittsburgh's actually been really good against the run. Miles Sanders against Indy, they're good against the run. Ramondre Stevenson, I know you talked about him, but I will say the Jets have been elite against the run this year, they've done a really good job. Stopping opposing running backs, they are, uh I believe, eighth in rush DVOA on the year, so that is a tougher matchup. <clears throat> and so, I mean, Damian Pierce, again, Washington, great against the run. There's a lot of just really bad matchups this week, so I think getting a little bit different and finding something like this. Because I also think the other guy I want to talk about is Devin Singletary. He's 5800 uh, in a, in a terrific matchup this week uh, for him. And where was that? At? I said, okay, right, right here. And so he's actually handling 63% of the opportunities from this backfield, averaging about 14 touches per game uh, on the season. And uh, he's actually fifth in routes run. So he's actually running a lot of routes, averaging four and a half targets per game uh, out of this out of this out team. And then Cleveland, again, horrendous against the run. 32nd in rush DVOA. They will have the third most DK points uh, to the running back, sixth most rushing yards and fourth most rushing touchdowns uh, on the season. So, Devin Singletary, I think, is also kind of a sneaky option here. Maybe get a little bit of leverage off the pass catchers here in this Buffalo game that a lot of people are going to want to play. So Devin Singletary, fifty eight hundred dollars, I think, is also another another decent spot this
2: week. Yeah, I don't mind Singletary either. Anybody on the Bills is good. Is good by me.
1: Yeah, and I think it's just a good way to get you know access to this game. So I think for me, that's that's kind of the running backs that I'll be looking at this week. Uh, like I said, Jonathan Taylor, uh, Saquon, we don't have to talk about. Uh, you know, obviously, but I think Jonathan Taylor, uh Tony Pollard are, are two guys that I really like up here in this range. I wish I could play uh, DeAndre Swift, but I just can't do it. No, uh, I can't because, do it either. and he's gonna come and I guarantee you it's gonna come, and he's gonna have a big game. And it's just nobody's gonna play him. He's gonna have no ownership because it's just he's so hard to trust. I think last week he played like 30% of the snaps compared to 16% the week before. But he's just not being utilized whatsoever. Six, only six carries last week, only three targets. I don't know. I, I wish they would because the Giants have actually really struggled against opposing running backs as well, and so they've struggled to stop the run as well. And that's actually a really good matchup. And DeAndre at sixty one hundred dollars is awesome, but unless he's going to get fifty, you know, fifty fifty five percent of uh, you know opportunities, I just don't know if you can play him.
2: Yeah, I agree.
1: So other than that, those are kind of the running backs that I'm on this week. Uh, is there anybody else you want to hit on, or you want to jump over to wide receiver?
2: I'm going to move the wide receiver.
1: All right. So wide receiver, we have Justin Jefferson up top, 9,100. We already talked about Cooper Cup. He is going to be out. I think he's out for the year, but we'll see. Uh, He's uh, $8,900, but he's on IR, so he doesn't matter. Devontae Adams is 87. Stephon Diggs 8,300. A.J. Brown, which sounds like he should be good to go, is 8K. Jamar Chase is likely still not going to play. Um, He is still actually on crutches, so that is uh, not good. Uh, then you have C.D. Lamb, who's seventy five hundred dollars. Ross Saint Brown, seventy two. T. Higgins is seventy one hundred. Chris Olave, Tyler Boyd, Amari Cooper, Gabe Davis, Devonta Smith, Michael Pittman is sixty one, which is kind of, I think, a little bit uh, cheap. And then Cortland Sutton at six k, kind of wrap up this six k range and above. Who are the guys you really want to play this week?
2: Uh, I had zero interest in the Bills before they moved the game to the Dome in Detroit. Uh, but now that they are in Detroit and away from that snowstorm, uh, I have a ton of interest in both Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis. Uh, the Bills have lost two straight, and Jonathan, i mean Josh Allen—has uh, been practicing, albeit limited, but he's still out there practicing. It's not like his in- injury is bad enough to where he's not throwing the ball at all. Um, you know, they're just mo- monitoring his his workload during the week when he doesn't need to throw it. But I mean, he showed last week that he can still you know, push the ball down the field and, and get the ball to these, these wide receivers that he has. So uh, Diggs last week had a ridiculous 16 targets, caught 12 of them for 128, didn't score, And still scored 27 DK points. So, um, Diggs has over 100 yards receiving in all but three games this year, and one of those was 93 yards. So, uh, does have seven TDs on the year? Hasn't caught a TD in three games. Um, so, I really like Diggs. Uh, again, any exposure to Buffalo on a slate like this, where you know there's a lot of uncertainty, uh, we know Buffalo is just going to continue to throw the ball a ton, and so you know both Diggs and uh, Gabe Davis. Make a ton of sense to me uh so i really like them obviously Amon Ra is one of the best floors on the slate uh, he's going to see double digit targets uh the matchup isn't the best the uh the, the new york giants have actually had a very good uh pass defense this year um and like we've always said you know jared Goff on the road is definitely something to be con- uh concerned with uh when you look at the detroit points per game uh, they did score 31 in Chicago last week, but Chicago has a much, much, much worse def- defense than what the Giants are going to roll out there. Um, Detroit only scored six points against Dallas. Uh, they did score 24 at Minnesota. Uh, so on the road, I just definitely have concerns about Goff, uh being able to hit his ceiling. And again, Amon Ross is going to see double-digit targets, so one of the highest floors, but I uh, definitely have ceiling concerns there. Um. Scrolling down the list, you mentioned your love for, for Russell Wilson, Cortland Sutton is six K, which feels too cheap for him. He has only one touchdown this year and his floor is really low. I mean, he has three straight games of, of three, five and two DK points. So he definitely has a low floor, but with, with Jerry Judy likely to miss here and it sounds like Kendall Hinton who didn't practice today is, is at risk of missing here as well. Um, you know Sutton it sounds like it could just be the Sutton and Dulcich show which I mean Russ has no issue just targeting just two guys. I mean that's all he did in Seattle so uh six K for for Cortland Sutton is is very interesting is and something that I'm considering uh this week. Scrolling down the list, I mentioned Justin Fields who I like a lot. Darnell Mooney attached to him if if Fields hits his ceiling and it's not Comet that's going with him, it's it's very likely going to be one of Mooney or or Claypool and Uh, Claypool played very limited snaps last week for some reason. Um, So I I like Mooney since he's going to continue to be the number one guy, and we know that for a fact. So uh, I like Mooney there. Still moving down the list. Same guy we played last week. I'm going right back to the well, Donovan Peoples-Jones, and he's the perfect runback for that uh, Buffalo-Cleveland game. We keep talking about Amari Cooper on the road splits. It's been a thing his whole career. I don't know why, but he, he does way better at home than he does on the road. Uh, and, and it's been the flip for, for Donovan Peoples-Jones this year. So uh, he had nine targets last week, 99 yards. That's his highest of the year so far. He's got 99, 81, 71, 74 yards over his last four games. Has yet to score a touchdown, but I think at some point that's coming, he's only $4,600. If he was in, you know, like $5,500 range, which I think he's going to end up getting there eventually, uh, I would have less interest, but again, on the slate with no value uh, people's Jones at 4,600 makes a lot of sense. Uh, Paris Campbell is somebody that I'm going to be considering just because of his recent rapport with Matt Ryan. Uh, he's starting to see double digit targets in in a lot of games with Matt Ryan. Uh, and the slot corner for the Eagles, Avante Maddox was, has been put on IR. Uh, He missed last game as well. Um, so I think that, uh, the slot is where if Indy is going to throw the ball is where they're going to be able to have success. I think Jonathan Taylor and, and Paris Campbell are the keys to success for Indy in this game. So I like him a lot. Uh, $4,100 Nico Collins saw 10 plus targets last week. Uh, and we know you can attack Washington through the air. Uh, so I think Nico Collins, who's essentially taken over the number one role there from Br- Brandon Cooks is what it appears to, to have happened. Um, I know it's not really a pass heavy offense, but uh, a guy at 4,100 that that saw 10 targets last week uh is definitely somebody to to be in your your consideration this this week and um the last two guys i'll mention uh Kendall Hinton if judy's out and if he plays is men price at 3k uh so i have interest in him in in that scenario or he's he's 3600 sorry um but it's still cheap enough that uh is definitely in consideration after judy left last week uh, he had five targets caught four of them for 62 yards. Uh, So it should definitely be in consideration. And then there is a receiver on the Giants. Isaiah Hodgins is 3K. And he uh, was actually just recently signed or claimed off of waivers on the 2nd of November and logged a ton of snaps last week, Uh, more than Galladay. He essentially was was the starting guy uh, opposite of Slayton uh with Wandale manning the slot. So Hodgins as at, th- at 3K is interesting. Um if you are just absolutely desperate for a wide receiver punt. And if if you're playing Daniel Jones, uh you can pair Jones and, and Hodgins together for free essentially. So uh I think that you know that's probably the reserve for only large field tournaments. I wouldn't play that in like single entry or anything, but you know, if if Hodgins, which he had two targets last week, Uh, for 41 yards so you know if you tack on a touchdown of that he's getting you 12 points at at 3k and you know there was teams last week that that won tournaments uh with sky Moore on their roster and he only sky Moore only had one catch for eight yards so you know on these slates where these these 3k guys if they do anything you have such a massive advantage on the field because you're able to jam in on the high price high price guys that we know are gonna do well so um that's that's the cheapest i'll go but again only reserved for very large tournaments
1: yeah, so for me, I think it's gonna be, you know, notwithstanding the top guys, but I think T. Higgins, I think, is in a really good spot at seventy one hundred dollars. Pittsburgh has really struggled against posing wide receivers. They'll have the second most DK points to the position. And so I think uh, T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd, who's sixty five hundred, I think both of them are in really good spots this week. So I like both of them as as options, either whether you want to play them in a stack with Joe Burrow, obviously, or as just one-offs. I think they both make a lot of sense. And then from there, uh, Terry McLaurin, he's only $5,900. I typically don't like to play him, but he has a real rapport with uh, with Taylor Heineke. He is definitely the favorite uh, option there for Taylor Heineke. He saw 11 targets last week. The week before that, he saw nine. He's seen eight or more targets in four straight games, and he started. he's starting to really come on. And it, like last week, he had eight catches for 128 yards. This is a matchup against Houston. I think he can definitely exploit. He's only $5,900, just incredibly too cheap for, uh, I, I think, the upside that he possesses here, especially in a matchup against Houston. So I, I do like Terry McLaurin at his price at $5,900. The other options here, I, I kind of like Allen Robinson at $5,600. If you're So I think, to me, you have two wide receivers here that, that you could look at or possibly Taylor, uh, Tyler Higbee. Matthew Stafford's back practicing in full, so he should be back ready to go playing in this game against the saints and you know in in the superdome uh Allen robinson's 5600 and then you have van jefferson who i think you could also look at who is uh significantly cheaper at 4,500 almost you know just a little over a thousand cheaper obviously he's going to take on a bigger role now with cooper cup now done and then i think uh from there you know i I mean if you really want to get cute you could get ben skoronic who's thirty nine hundred dollars but I think Allen Robinson at fifty six hundred dollars I think is a spot we could we could definitely look at. You know if they're gonna have to throw the ball to somebody. Their running game is terrible. They can't get anything going there. Alan, Matthew Safford should be back, and so this could be a spot for you know Allen Robinson finally to uh, you know earn the money that he's being paid because he's always been overshadowed by Cooper Cup. And now that I mean that is a massive massive hole uh, in, in terms of what we're what you usually see from Cooper Cup on a weekly basis. I mean Cooper Cup commands. About 30% of targets. And I mean, there's plenty of weeks where he sees, you know, 15, or, you know, 12, 13, 14 targets. And now that's going to have to be redistrib- redistributed to somebody else. So when I look at this team, uh, uh, I think that Allen Robinson, I think, makes the most sense, followed by Van Jefferson is kind of the deep threat here in this offense. I think you look at Allen Robinson, probably be the, you know, the chain room short intermediate route guy, where Van Jefferson's probably the deeper threat uh, option here between these two. But some they're going to throw the ball to somebody. And so I think $5,600. Allen Robinson, I think, is a spot you could go with. Um, I also like Darnell Mooney as well at fifty four hundred dollars. Atlanta allows the most DK points to the position, and he's just a little bit harder to trust because, like last week, he only saw four targets, four catches, fifty seven yards. But we kind of talk about. I think he's due for just a kind of a big game because he's still heavily involved in this offense in terms of just target share. It's just they're not a team that throws the ball very much. So if game script goes in that that direction, where if if the Falcons can put up some points, they're they're heavy favorites, and they're not heavy favorites, but they're the favorites in that game, have the higher applied point total. If they can put up some points here and force them to throw the ball a little bit more, Darnell Mooney at $5,400 inside the Dome against Atlanta, against a team that has really really struggled to stop posing wide receivers they are the only team in the league that has allowed over two thousand yards to receivers so far on the season they also allow the the second most receiving touchdowns as well just the uh, only two teams that are worse are pittsburgh and jacksonville so i I do like darnell mooney at his price at 5400 uh if you if you're wanting to do that and then uh george pickens i think if you want to run back here and this uh if you if you're stacking the Cincinnati game, George Pickett at 5200, you know with with when you have um, uh, Chase Claypool gone now from this offense, I think it's just going to open things up a little bit more. Yes, I know he only saw four targets last week, but that was just a little bit different of a game uh, there because of you know game script that they actually won that game. They were leading most of that game, so they were playing much more conservative. I think we're not going to expect that here, playing in Cincinnati, a team that can really push them. And so I, I do like them as well. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Um, I agree with Donovan Peoples-Jones. He's still too too cheap at, at $4,600. And then past that, I do agree with your call on Paris Campbell. He seems to have a real connection, a real rapport with Matt Ryan. Uh, in the last three games that Matt Ryan's played, he has seen 11, 12, and nine targets in all those games. They're getting a lot, of, uh, doing a lot of creative things to try to get the ball into his hands. And so he is also uh, – too cheap i think for the amount of targets he could see uh, in that game so i do like him as well and then if you're wanting to pay down at wide receiver like it does sound like kendall hinton's gonna play i didn't you mentioned him it sounds like he's gonna play uh it sounds like this was always the plan for them him not to really practice uh so he can be ready to go on sunday
2: yeah i think if if hinton plays and judy's out i definitely think hinton makes sense
1: man sorry i'm like side-eyeing what's going
2: on because
1: <laughs> i have a lineup right now that's uh
2: well, the game's over.
1: Oh, he threw an interception?
2: No, they they stopped him on fourth down. They, they went for it. And didn't get it.
1: Uh, I, I, didn't, I didn't see exactly what happened. Do they have any timeouts left? No?
2: No, it's over. Two-minute warning, Neil downs. Why are they throwing? Who? They just threw the ball. Who threw the ball? It's the Titans. And just threw
1: like a 50-yard bomb to tra- Traylon Burks. What? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh, that's gonna
2: hurt that lineup. <laughs> that's
1: gonna kill that lineup.
2: I, I I closed out of the the window that I had it up in on. Prime yeah, Video. they just threw a what's that about 40, 50 yard bomb to Traylon Burks. Jesus, why did they do that? I mean, I I guess because they weren't expecting it. I would assume now that probably ends it. They probably needed one first down. Now, already. yeah, now they're gonna kneel. Yeah, but that's gonna kill that one. Yep, it did. <laughs> it
1: took me from from fifteenth all the way to three 391st love oh, that, showdown. A,
2: that actually helped me i wasn't even cashing and now i'm cashing pretty easily because i played burks
1: well i did i i have quite a bit of burks but that one lineup that i was like yeah really really hoping for i did not so anyways uh let's keep this moving <laughs> just
2: <laughs> yeah let's keep rolling i i think i think we can move to tight end honestly in defense
1: yeah i don't think i really have anybody else that i really want to hit on uh at wide receiver that I can think of. Um I guess if you had to take a stand, I guess let me ask, just off the top of the 8K guys and above, who would be the guy you'd want? Diggs. Diggs? Yep. Yeah.
2: yeah. I mean Cleveland's He's- defense isn't good. And they're now they're playing in that dome. And the Bills are if you go, if you look at let me pull up uh something really, really, really quick. I'm using uh I'm using Twitter for one of the the what seems to be one of the last times <laughs> I don't know if you've caught what's what's been going on with that, but
1: so I think, I mean, I, I definitely agree with Stefan Diggs. I'll be curious to see where his ownership is, is, is going to come in at. Cause I actually kind of like, I know I know he's more expensive, but Justin Jefferson, I'm not worried about there. There's not a single, I, I there's not anybody on Dallas, the secondary that I, that that's going to shut Justin Jefferson down. And so, He's $9,100. I just think naturally his ownership is going to be suppressed because I think a lot of people are going to want to play that Buffalo game. And I just think he can actually cook uh, the secondary. And he's ninety. I know he's $9,100. Uh, he's tougher to get to, but I still think that he is an elite option this week. He is my favorite option up here in the AK ring. Eight to nine, I should say.
2: Yeah, so I pulled up... I just pulled up um, pass rate over expectation. Uh, so the... Here's all the teams that are throwing the ball more than expected. So you have the Chiefs, not on the slate. The Bengals, who have looked lost outside of the Joe Mixon blow-up without Jamar Chase. The Bills, obviously. The Vikings, who you who you mentioned you like. The Chargers, not on the slate. The Seahawks, not on the slate. The Dolphins, not on the slate. The Steelers. Nobody really wants to play Steelers guys, outside of you know one-offs here or there. Um, The Bucs, not on the slate. Colts don't really want to play them against the Eagles, and then Patriots versus the Jets, and then the Eagles not in the best matchup versus Indy. So those are the only the teams that are have a higher pass rate over expectation. So it's like of those teams, I mean, the Bills and the Vikings seem like they're the safest to you know put up points through the air. So it's like if I'm paying up, it's going to be Diggs or Jefferson, hundred percent. Yeah, I don't. I'm not. I'm not paying up for Devontae Adams, uh, in Denver. And he's, Adams. been dealing with, you know, an illness and now an abdomen injuries over the last couple of weeks. So it's like, yes, he can score 30, but the Denver defense has been so good and their corners are so good. And it's on the road this time. Last time they played, it was in Vegas. So I don't know. I just, it's, it's Diggs or Jefferson for me up top.
1: Okay. Let's go ahead and jump over to tight ends. Um, <clears throat> You have, obviously, no Travis Kelsey on this lake because they play Saturday Night Football. You have Mark Andrews, who's $6,800. Uh, and then you have to – I mean, there's a lot of injuries here. So you have to go to TJ Hawkinson yeah. at 53. Kyle Pitts is up at 44. Dalton Schultz, I've already talked about, at 4,300. Mm-hmm. Uh, Muth at 42. Cole Komet, who's dealing with a little bit of a, an issue, but I think he'll probably still play at 41. Tyler Higby at 41. And then David who actually returned to practice today um, at, on a limited basis. That's actually a positive uh, – something positive that's happened with him. He's 3,900. And then you have Greg Dulcich and uh, uh, Frank Moreau um, or Foster Moreau, excuse me. Uh, he is at 3,700. So what are you wanting
2: to do with tight end? I actually think tight end is straightforward. I'm playing Schultz at 4,300. I'm playing Dulcich at 3,800. And then likely if if Andrews misses, is 3,600 against Carolina. But I, I tend to even side, even if Andrews is out, I think I tend to side with Dulcich and, and Schultz. I, get, I think I give both of those guys an edge just because their game environments are better. Like the Ravens legit could throw the ball like 18 times <laughs> against Carolina. Um, especially if Gus Edwards is back. So uh likely would have to have he would have to score a touchdown and on be very efficient with his minimal targets, uh, even if Andrews misses. Whereas, you know, the the Broncos are Likely without Judy and you know Dulcich could be the number two guy there. Uh and and Schultz, you know, he's 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 Dak's favorite target. I know I know Lamb is the best target they have, but Schultz is Dak's security blanket and he absolutely smashes when Dak is in. And he was, you know, he caught the biggest uh flack for for having you know Dak missing time uh when Cooper Rush st- stepped in because Rush was it would they flipped, right? Rush targeted Lamb over and over again. But now that, that Dak's back, Dak prefers to target Schultz. Uh, and I know I know CD had a had a blow up game last last week, but that was legit Lamb's first blow up game uh with, with Dak under center. So uh I really like Schultz this week, personally. Schultz and, and Dulcich. So those are probably the two guys I'm gonna end up playing, but I think likely is is interesting. Um, and I know you'll you'll probably mention the the Eagles tight end carousel. I just think that's gonna be a bit of a mess with Tyree Jackson coming back. Uh, from IR, um, I think that's just a situation I'm going to stay away from. I I personally think the Eagles could struggle to score points this week. Uh, they didn't look great against Washington at home. Uh, now they're on the road in Indy, and uh, Indy's defense has quietly quietly played very well. And uh, AJ Brown hurt his ankle in the first like <laughs> his first route he ran last week, and he only ended up with four targets after that. So. Uh, I think his injury, he just, he played all the snaps, but he played through his injury uh, because Hertz was not targeting him at all in a game they were trailing the whole time. Um, So, you know, if he's hurt and Devontae uh, Devontae Smith also has a questionable tag on his name, they're going to be without Dallas Goddard. Like I could just see the Eagles just struggling to score points in this game. Um, So I'm not sure I want to play that tight end carousel that they're going to have rolling. Um, And, I guess all of that is just an argument for for liking Jonathan Taylor.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, Jack Stoll is twenty five hundred dollars. Uh, he's probably going to be the starting tight end, but you know, it's not going to be like a Dallas Goddard situation where he's going right. to see you know yeah. total amount of targets. It's not.
2: It's not likely plugging in for Mark Andrews in a game. You know where they're they're going to have to throw the ball, like what they play two weeks ago against Tampa Bay or something, where likely you know had six catches or whatever it was for seventy yards or was it the Saints? I can't remember, but. End up scoring a touchdown, scored like twenty plus DK points, and yeah, I, I just don't think we have that scenario here for the Eagles guys. Yeah, I think so. As,
1: as far as tight ends are concerned, I like I said, i already talked about Dalton Schultz. Absolutely love him, and I completely agree. I mean, he's seeing a big uptick in and in, and in, in target share, and somebody else who I think is actually going to be pretty popular because of what he's done and chasing points of what he's done in the last two weeks, and that's Cole Kmet, um, who's you've seen what uh, played what seen six and seven targets over the last two weeks. And, you know, but that's also against two, the the, two of the worst uh, defenses in the league against tight ends as well. It's like, that's where you attack them is with tight ends because Miami is is bad. And obviously so is Detroit. Uh, Detroit allows the third most DK points and Miami allows the fourth most DK points, the position. Um, But I'm not going to trust that because, you know, if you look at the weeks prior to that uh, it's a lot of twos and threes in terms of targets. And so, uh, he could definitely go back and beat a pumpkin, which I'm not worried about that with Dalton Schultz. So if Cole Komet's going to be really popular at $4,100, will. Um, I will just pivot over to Dalton Schultz, who's only is $4,300 and is doing uh, very similar things, but has a much more projectable volume. Yeah, Somebody,
2: Komet's got 11 catches and five touchdowns in his last three games. So that that tells you where all his value's been coming from. Yeah, and so
1: with Dalton Schultz, I, I you are comfortable with him, and he is going to locked in to be six to eight targets at mm-hmm. Uh So I I love Dalton Schultz. I will play him all day over Cole Komet. And then, you know, Tyler Higby is, you know, I think in play at 4K. Uh, It's not the greatest matchup. He saw eight targets last week, but he is somebody that they do lean on. He has games this year where they've targeted him 14 and 10 times and 11 times. Uh, So, I mean, it wouldn't shock me if they utilize him more, uh, you know, because he's much more of a move tight end. And so I think Tyler Higby at 4K, I think you could look at him. 100% 100% agree on on Dulcich, who's 3,800. That's just easy, uh, you know, uh, easy to plug him in. And then I also think Jawan Johnson, who's only 3,100, I think is is kind of an interesting option. He has scored double-digit DK points in three of his last four games. He scored 20, and then 12, and then 15.4. Uh, you know, he has been utilized inside the red zone. He has the ability to. Uh, he's more. He's a pretty athletic tight end as well, and so. Uh, he did see seven targets last week, which is the most he's seen um, or tied for the most he's seen all year. But I do think he's kind of a little bit of an interesting uh, option here at $3,100 if you're looking to save some money at tight end. Like I said, $3,100. I do not mind him. And then uh, I think that's, that's kind of the guys that I would love. Like Logan Thomas is interesting at twenty eight hundred dollars but he's just not seeing a ton of opportunity uh four targets last week against philly and then three the week before that against minnesota but he's only twenty eight hundred dollars so if you're wanting to pay down maybe that's an option and then like i said if you want to play Jackson, who i think is going to be popular because he's twenty five hundred dollars and people are going to want to pay you know play for that punt tied in i just don't think it makes a whole lot of sense uh to go with somebody like him i agree so I think that's that's kind of where I stand at tight end for me. It's, it's going to be a lot of Dalton Schultz. It's going to be Greg Dulcich. Um, maybe mix in a, little, a couple of these other guys like Higby or, or Hayden Hurst. I didn't mention him, but I do think that he, you know, part of a stack. Uh, I think you could play him. And then, you know, Jawan Johnson, I think it's interesting as well. So those are with, kind of the guys I'm
2: looking at. With the lack of uh, wide receiver value that we have this week, is double tight end viable? Like, could you see yourself going Schultz and and Dulcich over like Dulcich and Paris Campbell or, you know, yeah, I guess, I, th- I, th- I, mean, I think it's in play because TDs are TDs are likely at a premium on this slate, right? Minus those those specific games we discussed. So it's like, you know, if you can capture some TDs from from Dulcich or or Schultz or both, which is what you would be playing it for. I mean. I don't know. Tied in just seems like a good place to get value, which is a touchdown dependent spot. And if you're playing somebody for value, you, you know, you want them to score a touchdown. So,
1: yeah, I mean, if you're if you're built there. Yeah. And if in, I definitely think it's uh, in play. Like I said, this 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 slate is kind of a little bit gross. I, I think it trying is. to figure out a way to get a little different here. Um, and obviously, I, did, I know we didn't really talk about it with Mark Andrews. He sounds like he's going to play. He's 100 percent in play. Sixty hundred dollars which is cheaper than what he typically uh, runs, right? Uh, I I guess earlier in the year, he was around that price range, and he jumped up and started in the 7K range. But Mark Andrews, if he's healthy, he's playing. He's definitely in range. But anyways, uh, let's go ahead and jump over to defense really quickly. Um, Who's the defense that you're plugging in this week?
2: I uh, I wish I I don't think I'm gonna have the salary for it the 3K salary for the Saints uh against the Rams without Cooper Cup and the Rams have just been abysmal even with Cooper Cup so it's like why not just play the Saints who just got six sacks last week um I like them uh but I think I'm gonna end up paying down for the Steelers they have T J Watt back uh they're playing at home against Cincy which we've seen Cincy this year not show up and and they haven't looked great without Jamar Chase minus the the five touchdown Joe Mixon game against the god awful Carolina Panthers. So, um, yeah, it's, I'm probably just going to play the Steelers uh, since they have TJ Watt back. They, they've got double digit DK points in both games that Watt has played this year. And we know that they were a, a force last year as well uh, with him. And I haven't, I haven't seen any, uh, I haven't looked for any updates yet on their secondary. I don't know if you know if Minka Fitzpatrick or any of those guys are going to play, but. Um maybe, if maybe if Fitzpatrick to is definitely gonna be out.
1: Uh he okay. I think he had an appendectomy or something like that, but he's gonna okay. be out for a while.
2: Okay, well even even if he even if he's out, I mean them getting Watt back is a big deal and uh they played well last week against New Orleans. Um so yeah, I, I like the Steelers uh as well at home against Cincy. That's why I like the Rams because
1: Andy Dalton looks terrible. Uh, Andy Dalton has played terrible. He's making a lot of really bad decisions. He's only twenty. They're only twenty nine hundred dollars. I think that is uh, they should. I feel like they should be like up in like the. And I I saw today too
2: that the Saints are going to be without three of their starting offensive linemen as well. Yeah. (laughs) So (laughs) yeah, Aaron Donald versus that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So twenty nine hundred dollar Rams. Uh, and you know, I I definitely like that as well. And then I don't know. I mean, maybe the Texans. I mean, Taylor Heineke has has thrown a couple. Has thrown interception, I think, in like two or three straight games. He sometimes makes some really bad decisions. Maybe you could do with the tech, go with the Texans, but for twenty four hundred dollars, you know, maybe you could do that. But I I think that's kind of what I'm looking at right now. As as the Rams, for sure. I think I'm gonna be locking them into a lot of lineups. Yeah, I
2: think you can't go wrong with one of Saints Rams Uh, defense in that game is definitely in play. And then, like you said, Texans are or even Steelers. Any of those four, I think is where I would just stick to. I wouldn't go off of, off of those.
1: Yeah. Or possibly the bears at $2,600. Cause Mariota. my just, God, some of those passes that he throws. Yes. Yeah, so, he
2: just doesn't throw the ball as is the issue. Right. Yeah. But so, but I, um, I agree. I agree. He sucks, but he, that's why they run it, you know, 35 times a game, 40 times a game.
1: Yeah. And then you have Arthur Smith out here. Just, people try to ask him about uh desmond ritter he just shuts him down immediately i'm like come yeah. on bro we're talking about marcus mariota he's looked terrible okay yeah. there's no way i know i get it you're the coach you're trying to hype your player up and all that stuff but like and who, knows, Kevin, who they're, doesn't
2: they're battling for first place in their division they're not they're not making problems,
1: <laughs> okay well, them, it's and the, not
2: them and the panthers keep playing for first place in their division the, the bucks are back
1: Okay, I, I, think, oh, yeah. I, I feel I feel pretty good about with the way they looked, uh, you know, over in Germany. So uh, I think the Bucks are easily going to win that division. They but, should, yeah. All right, well, we're at that time, just over the one hour mark. Let's go ahead and build a lineup here, uh, so we can get out of here. Um, go ahead and kick things off.
2: I'm going to let you decide QB. I'm I'll, I'll I think I was going to play this running back no matter what. So let's plug in David Montgomery. Even if we were to play Fields or not, I would have played him.
1: David Montgomery? Yeah. I'm gonna say I'm gonna go Kirk Cousins.
2: Okay. Might as well pair him with Jefferson.
1: All right. I'm gonna plug in Dalton Schultz. So that leaves forty eight eighty remaining with a running back, two wide receivers, a flex, and a defense left.
2: Yeah, the Slate's tough, man. It
1: really is. Let's plug in the Rams D. They're twenty nine hundred dollars. That leaves fifty three seventy five remaining. We, if we can always drop down if we want. All
2: right, let's let's try to get digs in there. I w- I definitely want a Buffalo guy. Um, if we can't make it work, we'll just drop him to Gabe Davis. But let's try. Running back is where it would get tricky.
1: Well, I think there's definitely some cheaper wide uh, wide receiver is that we can get to yeah because
2: you could you could mini stack dpj with digs and then you could play double tight end and go like dulcich but then you're going to be looking at a i don't even know what the the remaining would be for running back probably like 5k it's just gross down there but like then you, you could play digs and like Ramondre stevenson probably i mean not digs uh gabe davis yeah so that bill, with that bill digs would be it would leave you 4800 at running back uh, but Gabe Davis leaves you sixty eight hundred. I don't
1: right, know how you feel about this. What we could do, so what we could do is we could go Brian Robinson. And he's fifty three hundred dollars. Okay, and then not play Devin Montgomery, and you could play like Devin, uh, Devin Singletary, who we talked about as well. He's fifty eight hundred dollars, and then you could make all that fit. Obviously, we would have Diggs and S- Singletary, but
2: um, it's still two guys from the Bills. Yeah, and was, so that it would, it would be cousins, Brian Robinson, scoring.
1: Yeah, it'd be cousins, Brian Robinson, Singletary, Just Jefferson, Stephon Diggs, Donovan Peoples Jones, Dalton Schultz, and then I plugged in Kendall Hinton, uh, who's thirty six hundred dollars because that's a game okay. that I do like, and then Rams D, And that with no money remaining makes that makes that lineup work.
2: Yeah, I'd be good with that as a tournament team for sure.
1: I mean, if we wanted to, we could always drop from the Rams and not play them. You know, that would free up a little bit more money if that's something we wanted to do, but. And get one of the cheaper 4K. You know, you have Brian Robinson. Maybe if we wanted to, we could go like Nico Collins, who's $4,100. With a little mini sack with Brian Robinson and Nico Collins. So it's a little bit more correlated. True. Yeah. And then that would leave us with, we'd have to play the either Texans, Vikings, Browns, Steelers, Panthers, or Colts. Which I guess you talked about the Steelers. So I guess we could just plug them in. Yeah. I
2: like know. the Steelers personally. They're at home. All right. I think that looks a little bit better. Make up, yeah make all right so
1: that's, what, so that's what we're gonna do we're gonna go cousins brian robinson singletary justin jefferson stefan diggs david diamond peoples jones dalton schultz nico collins and steelers d with a hundred dollars remaining on the table this week is uh interesting it is um there's a lot of different ways we can go here uh with this week um but i don't know i think it's a good week to maybe get a little bit different uh because I don't think there's like chalk. I don't think is something that you're you gonna have to worry about as much this week as we have in the other weeks. Um, so I do think this week lends itself to getting a little bit more different, and so I do like that. And then obviously, you know, hey, maybe don't maybe don't blow all your bankroll this weekend because Thursday is the glorious th- Thanksgiving Day slate that we're looking forward to. So that <laughs> should be fantastic that we're that we'll be back for. We're going to try to get Ryan in for the first time on the show this year. Um, so that should be good. Hopefully I got to reach out to him and, and confirm. And then hopefully we can get Debro on. So what we're probably going to do is go live Tuesday night on YouTube for that show, I think is what we kind of talked about, so we can get the show out and get it produced. And then we'll come back again probably. I don't know. We'll have to decide another day for me and Maddie to record the main slate show. Either it's going to be Friday or Saturday sometime if we can make that work uh, for this week. So you'll get two shows, double dip next week. Oh, the DFS DJ nation. So, uh, hope everybody has a good, uh, rest of the week. Hope everybody wants some money this weekend. I think it's like I said, going to be a little bit interesting, get a little bit different. Um, so hope everybody has a good rest of the weekend. Like I said, and we will be back again early next week for the Thanksgiving slate, our favorite slate of the year. You can expect a three and a half hour show (laughs) for a three game slate because that is what we do It's tradition around these parts. So keep it locked in here. Have a good weekend. We'll see you next week. Bye.
0: Think you can tell me what to do? You know who you're talking to?